to episode 72 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host with the least, Jesse Munro, and I am joined by Keelan, the Golden Goose Simpson. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and Simon, the Bronze Bassoon. <laughs> this is the weirdest <laughs> house party ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> You're the host with the least. There's a golden goose and a bassoon. We've got a goose, we've got a bassoon, we've got a band, we've got a trumpet, got everything. I'm drinking Spe- an alcohol-free beer because I've tried to lie. Speaking of, now, yeah, I, I may- This is, sorry, just real quickly. Alcohol-free Corona. Not the worst thing Corona's done this year, but it's still pretty fucking shit. Hey, you are- uh, Real sweet. You got to work really hard to find a nice alcohol-free beer. Tastes like beer and that isn't like sweet and weird. So, Have you had any or many, if any? Um, I had one. It was uh, an Italian beer. You find it, uh, per, I think, no, not Peroni. Peroni, um, it's, Peroni does have a, 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 yes. say a beer-free beer. Most, alcohol-free. Most brands have a, a beer, uh, beer-free beers. So you get that now as well. But um, there's a specific Italian brand that's very common. They've got an alcohol-free version, and it is pretty good. So um, I would, I'll find out. I just can't remember the name. I was going to say, you know, I really feel like an alcohol-free cider, but I realize that's just cider. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me and my alcoholic brain. <laughs> Speaking uh, of Simon, how are you doing? Oh no, Keelan's taking so, over. <laughs> no, no, I'm so, I'm sorry. I had something. To, to, I had a perfect segue before, but it was destroyed. But that's that's okay. Lock into my fucking world, mate. <laughs> Welcome to the episode of Story Mode Video Game Podcast. You think you have a perfect segue? You go for it. Ugh. No. Ugh. Jesse, you get to pull off a lot of your segues. I get one, I get maybe off, once you. a month. Okay, you pull a lot of yours off, and most of them are very poor. So I, I'm sorry. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of very cover. poor. Speaking of very poor, my neighbors, the ones who live sort of behind my place. They are not poor. They are very rich. But what they are poor in is musical talent. For some reason, they have semi-regular gigs where they have people playing acoustic instruments plugged into their stereo. Just amplified acoustic instruments. And they've got a microphone there. <sighs> we had that all day yesterday. Uh, we had a bassist who only knew one riff, which he played over and over <laughs> I know and that over. Game. Who wants the offenses by Paramore? Oh my god! Ding, it ding, was. Ding, 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 ding. It was the oh ac- actually offensive to me, um, and <laughs> they had a guest vocalist appear who sang. Um, fuck, wait, wait sorry, called... are they a band? No, they're just. It's not, it's not a guest vocalist. It's just a friend. They're just old people. What do you who, mean a guest? What do you mean a guest vocalist? You can't just invite me to your house to sing and call me guest vocalist. Jesse, it's a euphemism, okay? As a writer, you should know I these. I don't, I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. What I'm saying is that they were terrible, and they sang the song by um, fuck. I always forget the name. Non blonde girl band or something like. I three, don't know. three non blondes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know where that like a part of my, that was somewhere in my brain. I don't know where. I don't yeah. know why I'm panicking a little bit, but that was in my brain. It's a really that, specific what, that was band that was name. What's what's their big single? What's that big song? Oh, f- f- 
fuck, let's hire a brunette. I don't, I don't know. I've got no clue. <laughs> let's hire a brunette. <laughs> but you'll know the song when you hear it. So, well, they're non-blondes. They probably already had a brunette. Yeah, they probably did. So mm, they played this song four times in a row because they did not know anything else. They literally played the song four times in a row with this woman belting it out, just fucking Ugh. screeching yeah, the vocals. My well, God, I had the worst weekend, guys. The worst you weekend. A, you give me a bit of a segue there of playing a song over and over again. I've I've delved into the uh, Rocksmith Plus closed beta a bit this weekend. Ooh. And we'll probably discuss this a bit more uh, next week because I know Simon's getting into it. Hopefully, Keelan, you get your uh, beta key for it. Or maybe, maybe you're not important enough and just Simon, I'll get it. Um, <laughs> but I hooked up my, my bass guitar to all sorts of wires and stuff so I could hardware to my PC. I'm blown away by this tool. Like, I would have paid so much for this as a youngster learning bass or learning guitar or whatever. This is going to be a boon for people to get onto it. I really hope it does well. Um, I've played... Uh, what's it called? Girls by Franz Ferdinand. Oh, yeah. Like 400 times this weekend. Because what you do <laughs> is you listen... They, it has a song on the screen. It looks very much like a tire. You see the notes coming towards you and you play them. But it detects how well you're playing them. So if you get a bunch of... Basically, if you get a bunch of notes in a row right, it'll add another note in. And it just keeps adding to what you're learning. And when, when you're comfortable with a certain riff, it'll add the next little part to the riff in. And he just keeps playing through the song. Um, ah. And if you got, if you keep messing it up, it'll wind back and be like, no, no, get it right. Get these root, like the root notes right first. And then we'll keep adding it to it. So you could see the structure of the song build and build. But it also doesn't really know how to ruin us touch. Running my bass through this little preamp bullshit, which I'm going to fix. It sounds fuzzy as hell. There's nothing I can do about it. Just because this setup isn't made for what I'm doing. But it corrects the tone and everything like that the pitch and blah, blah blah distortion so when you nail the note it is the note you're meant to be hearing played exactly how it's meant to be hearing like meant to be heard so in the, in the song it has the same feel to it that so is you cool. actually feel good where you play it <laughs> but then even like you take your headphones off and you play it's like oh wait no i i have it down my tone's all over the place but i have it down but when you have the headphones on and you're hearing the song you're playing along to it it's, it's a really cool little confidence boost. It felt cool. But we'll discuss this more next week. It's a good time. I've, Simon, uh, how you doing? Sorry, Jesse, just back oh, on that topic. Twice. He's there, Simon? Twice. I'm, so I'm trying sorry, to give Simon. him time on the floor. <laughs> don't, I'll don't be sorry, Kills. over here. Don't be, don't be sorry at all, Kills. Feel free to take the floor, as it were. But thank you, Simon. I'll, I'll give you all the time you want afterwards because <laughs> I'm, of course, the host of now this. Now move on. Fuck. <laughs> um, just <No. laughs> you've been dethroned, sir. The host with the least has been overthrown. <laughs> with the happen? host with only slightly more. <laughs> what do I have? I've less everything than you. Certainly less hair. Got more moustache. But anyway, God, that is true. More moustache. Um, I played the first um, rocks rocksmith. Yeah, and I found it yes. quite difficult to get into because. There's difficulty levels like Guitar Hero. And it's like, it's either medium or hard, you know? And sometimes oh. it's hard to to make that jump. So I, I bounced off of it pretty hard because of that. So it's really interesting how it's smart and it learns. Well, yeah, cool. it's like a mastery level of like 0% to 100%. And every time you play the song, it may jump up like 3%. And the song is 3% more full. 
you mm. have three percent more of the notes added to the song. Cool. But yeah, I found it really cool. The um, because this is just a beta. The the library of songs is pretty shallow, so I was really playing Barracuda, um, Tricky, and Franz Ferdinand over and over and over again. All but they also have choices. the theme song from uh, Blood Dragon. Yeah, yeah, I saw which that. Is pretty bitchin'. That is pretty cool. Um, and then a bunch of other stuff. Look, for people with other. Oh, they also got um, Superman by Goldfinger. So excellent. Felt choice. like I was playing Tony Hawk again. Uh, but I mean, that's just my musical taste. I'm sure others will find some stuff that they they are digging now. Keelan, stop! I see that look in your eyes. <laughs> Simon, hey how Jesse, are I just want to. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak this in now. You can't get too mad at me, Jesse. Um, Fuck! The Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Edit the film. Um, <laughs> the benchmark Keelan, how are you doing? was released Take earlier the floor today. Back, Keelan. Um, and yeah, the benchmark is really cool and looks really good and runs very well. I'm very happy. I took some really cool screenshots, but it's just a real monkey p- monkey's paw situation there, wasn't it? <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping, praying that Simon could say his piece, nah. and then he did, and it's like, ah, nah. fuck. Yep, the, you were trying to suppress it, and I could tell. So I thought, you know, I'll bring it up. Um, now, but yeah, go on. Uh, I was going to say, and also we actually got some Final Fantasy 16 news. Um, earlier today or yesterday? Oh, um, where basically the um, yesterday part two, which is today, yeah. Um, where basically we've got sort of a loose confirmation that a lot of the the like ninety percent of the voice over work for the English version is done. Um, so yeah, and the, the like the scenario itself is put in place and cemented. They've decided on all of that. And yeah, it looks really cool. So, oh, yeah, very excited to see more of it. Hopefully, now before we move into the games proper, um, we're going to remain spoiler free here. But we want to touch on a quick topic of discussion. I went and saw two movies this week. I went to a cinema for the first time. I've been I'd been to Gold Class. I come what I saw. I went and saw um, Kong vs Godzilla because why wouldn't you see that in Gold Class? But I went to the actual movies proper V Max to see. Fast Nine and Black Widow today. Now, Keelan. Hmm. It sounds like you didn't like Fast Nine as much as I did. I enjoyed the spectacle, but I think that the fundamental blocks that make the Fast movies great were underdeveloped. The script was very, very poor. Bad pacing, too. Oh, yeah, the pacing, maybe it was a little bit too fast and a little bit too furious at times, Mate. from the name. <laughs> but then again, I've never watched out of a good Fast and Furious movie being like, oh, I really enjoyed the pacing and scripting of that one. I've been like, oh, that car killed that helicopter. I've what never walked fuck? out of a good Fast and Furious movie. Well, You don't walk out. You you, you, you joyously you float drift out, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you drift yeah, out. exactly. He drift <laughs> out. <laughs> no, the only good Fast and Furious movies that I've watched, I've watched at home. I've never actually seen one in the cinema. So, dude, if you are not enough. like going sideways outside like the cinema as you're leaving, everyone <laughs> just sliding sideways, just doing this, turning their their imaginary oh. steering wheel. Come on, man! Safe and I are going to do donuts at the Macca's car park in their blue Rav Four. Oh yeah, <laughs> like a badass. Um, Jesse, I just wanted to I'm say the characters. I loved it. The characters were just they were one dimensional, one dimensional 
caricatures of the characters that had been developed over the past previous eight movies. And the the it's like they just took Gilliam. building blocks Gilliam. and they, they copy-pasted pieces and just kind of put them together. Like, we need a funny scene where we make fun of Roman. We're going to put this here. Now we're going to do an action scene where Vin Diesel does something fucking stupid. And then we're going to put it here. Now we're going to do a flashback about Vin Diesel's past. We'll put it after that. It's, it's just so you basic. You don't need structure when you've got family. Hey, Keelan. Speaking of family, Jesse, we, mentioned this, we mentioned this before. The man who is crazy about his family, Loves ab- family in the first five minutes of the fucking movie abandons his child to go on a globetrotting adventure, okay? And it's not even mentioned until 30 minutes later. What kind of a family man is that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, well, is it, we. We've got to find some sort of forum. Look, am I going to write a Fast and Furious review for our gaming website, storyboardgaming.com? Maybe. Maybe I have to. Maybe I have to get some thoughts off my chest and talk about how good this is and why this franchise deserves a perfect video game. Because it does. Not the f- goddamn Fast and Furious crossroads. Anyway, speaking of abandoning their family and ban- abandoning their kids, Nintendo have announced the new Nintendo Switch this week. Look, it's not what we were expecting. It's the uh, Nintendo Switch, parentheses, OLED model, close parentheses. you got to say the full title or it doesn't count. Uh, Seven-inch OLED screen, a wide adjustable stand, a dock with a wide LAN port, yay! 64 Mm. gig of internal storage and enhanced audio. Uh, How are we feeling? I, in fact, you know, I will save my positivity for the end and I will start with a little bit of negativity and say, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> so- what? <laughs> uh, is that it? Is that what you're going to fix? Is like the kickstand, which hardly anyone ever used. Uh, you know what's weird? The kickstand is the only thing that I'm like, okay, cool. I'm glad you fixed that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a good call. Like, I'm like, why is it asymmetrical? You, you knock it. When I go to my rooftop party, then I bring out the switch <laughs> and I undock it, and we all play as the ad, you know, as the ad tells us to. It falls over every single time. So a wide thing. I could be kicked out of more parties now. Yeah, absolutely. Who cares? Who wants to play Mario Tennis? Oh. <laughs> Get That's out! Like John Howard. It sounds like so much fun, actually. It does. Um, <laughs> However, there there are. Keel, a few I'm sorry, things. sorry, Keel. If you're rocking up to parties with that mustache and a Nintendo Switch, I'd call the cops. Yeah, you know. Does anybody want to play some tennis? <laughs> anybody oh, want to play Nintendo? Uh, <laughs> Simon, let's go to a party together next time you're in town, man. <laughs> and just be oh, as no. weird as possible. Let's see what I'm happens. Sure that well. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this at all. I don't like this combination at all. Um, so the things that I am positive about. So you you made a remark about the land port on the dock, Jesse. That is actually a bigger deal than you might think it is, particularly for people that do local tournaments. Um, but also, the Nintendo Switch's wireless capabilities are shit. They are dog yes. shit. And they the fact are. that you can now fix that with a wired land port, which a lot of people were using that internal USB port for a LAN connector anyway... Yes. Yeah. It, this is my complaint with this. They have replaced the USB port 
with the LAN port. Yeah. People were using like $5 adapters for that. So now people who want a USB port don't have it. But you've still got two USB ports on the front of the Switch dock anyway. So Yeah, but you, yeah. You, you're, still, you're losing one. If it just came with an adapter, I think personally, uh, look, I don't mind this. This is clearly not the Switch Pro, which no, I, no. we'll get to in a moment because I still think is coming. I still think it's yeah. coming next year. Yeah. This feels like a, this is your half you know, mid-generation yeah. upgrade, which all consoles yes. have nowadays. Um, and I'm cool with that. I just wish, I think the uh, the narrative, Nintendo lost control of the narrative during E3. Yeah. Where everyone was being, pumping up the, the Nintendo Switch or the Super Switch or whatever it was going to be called. So I was going to have that 4K functionality. I think everyone knew it was going to have an OLED screen just because that was probably the only hard fact people had because mm. I think it's coming through Samsung, the OLED screens, and they were in development. It's like, well, clearly it's going to have that. But you thought that it would have some upgrades along with it. I think Nintendo were wanting to announce that at E3, uh, especially with it releasing October 8th, the same day as Metroid Dread. It would have been a really, it would have been a bigger announcement if they were able to do that all at the same time. But I think it was smart. They they wound back and thought, yeah. no, because if we do this yeah. now, the disappointment will override the hype yeah, for absolutely. our other games. So let's wait. Let's just do it in some fucking dumb fuck week in July, just out of nowhere. Cool, here you go. Please don't yell at us too much. Yeah. I think that was smart, but yeah, it's just... It's still disappointing. I, oh, yeah. I like, honestly think that this upgrade... There was a 2019 refresh of the yes. Switch. Mm. This should have been that upgrade. Yes, I completely agree. agree. Completely agree. Yeah. However, they one- should have just said, this is a Switch going forward. Yeah. And yes. with that being said as well, that is something I do want to bring up, is that for an additional $50 US, you get this version over the regular Switch. It also does have an expanded internal storage from 32 gigabytes to 64. Yes. So that is nicer. And again, this is for an extra $50. $50. So I think going forward, they expect this to be the primary model for anyone who does not currently own a Switch. That is what you'll buy. You'll buy the OLED version because it's got a a nicer dock. Because, oh my God, that dock actually looks really nice with the slightly curved edges. I agree. I nice like the white. Yes, I like the, the white. The white looks real crisp. Mm, very it, nice. And that's, sorry, that's another reason I think they meant to announce this alongside Metroid Dread. Because, because it looks white. like the, 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 the robot... Enemy. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought that was meant to go alongside, yeah. and maybe they would have announced a Metroid Dread version of it with some like Perhaps. lights or something. I don't know. I don't know. But what they do. it's it's do. one of those things. They were sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't. If they didn't announce anything at all, people are going to get even more worked up and work themselves into you know a fever pitch and go, oh, I can't wait for the Switch Pro. It's going to come with a attachment to." I'm gonna cook me toast every five minutes. It's gonna be amazing. Warm your chicken up like the KFC PC. Yeah, mm. you know things like that. People are gonna work themselves up into this unrealistic hyper fever pitch of you know just Nintendo dumb crap. fans don't do that. What? As a Nintendo what? fan, we fucking do that. Oh, yeah, oh my yeah. god! Oh yeah, I hate us, Jess- <laughs> Jesse and Simon. I definitely agree with you, Jesse. This is Nintendo moving everything into position so now you yeah. have the switch light you have this new switch that takes over as the primary base model switch and then down the track we're going to have that switch pro yeah with whatever the hell it can do i mean absolutely some outlets I think that's gonna happen have got their hands in it thanks nintendo for reaching out to story mode whatever apparently we're not big enough <laughs> um but I, I saw some of the the 
initial reactions to it. And they say it's it's really good. It feels it feels nice in your hands. It feels a little bit heavier. The um with the bezel gone, the screen is it it's not a huge difference in size, but it is appreciated. And they said the color is really, really good, especially yeah. in those like first part of the Nintendo games, like they were playing Mario Golf and stuff mm. in it. They said it really, really pops. So that's cool. Um, I, f- I feel like they shot themselves in the foot, though, because what would have been amazing, because obviously the attraction of OLED is how nice the colours are and how good the blacks and the darks are, um, would have been, hey, what's a really colourful game that people fucking adore? The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker HD. Bring that over. Oh, my God. I would have lost my mind. I would have been over the moon. Mm. I would have gone, that is the perfect way to announce this, is, hey... Here's a game that's full of color and everyone knows how vibrant it is. Bam, check it out on this brand new screen. How bitching is this? Do you know what game is actually going to look really good on this? Uh, Battle Kingdom or Kingdom Battle, whatever the fuck it's called. Kingdom Battle. That was a, that's- the color in that game, the, the palette in that game is one of those r- the things that really got me invested in it. Yeah, um, that's a good And call. because of you, you've got a lot of stuff going on as you battle through. Um, yeah, I think it looked pretty cool. Now... Do we still think we're getting a Switch Pro? We're getting a CS. Do we think that this is the rumored Switch that was, we were talking about a few months ago, or that's still yet to come? I think a little bit of both. I think there. I think the reports that we were getting were people finding out what they could, and they were getting the result of two different things and going, ah, oh, this is the one item which is where some of the confusion was coming from and obviously like, oh, the 4K stuff and blah, blah, blah. I still think we are going to see a Switch Pro. I think we'll we'll see a completely revised dock, which might even be a bit bulkier and have a little bit more horsepower in it because that's probably where a lot of the oomph is going to come from. Um, And obviously that 4K potential will be in the dock as opposed to the Switch itself, the Switch Pro again. Um, I think we're still going to see it. It'd be silly not to. Give us a a flat dock. So the you know the dock is vertical; it stands yeah. up. So it's it's what do we want to say? Like twenty centimeters tall? I don't know. I don't know size. It doesn't fit. Or it it doesn't fit in like in front of a TV. It's too big because it kind of gets in the way of TV. But it also doesn't fit in the smaller shelves of a lot of units. It's a weird size. If that is. thing was flat, you could just slide your, your uh, switch in. Beautiful. It looked be look nice. good. Out of the way. Big fan of that. Give it, give um, it to us a horizontal mode, actually. That would be really cool. Yeah, that would be I, really cool. Just have the, have the wires go a different direction, not come out of the butt. I think something different, actually. I think that this new version of the Switch and the Switch Pro that will come up will probably share the same screen. Um, so yeah. they'll have a more or less similar form factor. Um, but a cool thing you can do with the switch is overclock it. it gets hot real fast mm. so i think they will start overclocking the switch the dock will be focused on cooling cooling and well okay. they're going to be something. using um nvidia's uh machine learning upscaling technology to push a 720p signal up to 4k which it can do relatively well like i've i've seen incredible results with games like cyberpunk like it looks okay when being upscaled to 4k from 720p it's a bit blurry sure but for an average consumer who's sitting quite a distance away from their tv they're not going to be able to tell too much 
no offense, Nintendo fans, not insulting your intelligence or anything. Just saying that. <laughs> yes. uh, He's doing the, wow, my intelligence te- is really offended right now. The technology but, is really good at this point in time. I think that's where they're going to go with it. And with that being said, you, you mentioned obviously having the, the dock focus on ventilation. The new dock is coming with better ventilation. That is, yeah, you're right. Sure. Yeah. That it was one of the highlights is a better ventilated dock. So I think you might be on the money there. It's what I'm talking about though. Put the pieces active, in place. Active cooling, a fan, something actually spinning to keep yeah. it even cooler. I hope at least. But anyway. You can't you we'll can't see. offend Nintendo fans and ask for more. Hey. That was barely a joke. Um no. one thing that's really annoying me with this whole announcement though. And everyone's like, have you fixed the Joy-Con drift? And they're just like, yep, that's right. White Joy-Cons. <laughs> that's right. We got you back. The Joy-Cons that you know and love. Well, yeah, exactly that's, I, that's been the response. I saw something that I thought was in, like an interesting take on this, which is if they confessed to fixing the Joy-Cons, they would also simultaneously confess that there was a problem with Joy-Con drift, which they are still discussing and saying there isn't. And yeah. that would have put them in a butt-ton of legal trouble and viable for a class action lawsuit, which they're already going yeah. through anyway. Which I'm about to say, they're going to be viable for that when it gets proven that this is an issue because it is an issue. It is fact that this is happening. They're yes. just saying it's not happening because they don't want to pay it off. Yeah, They're letting more and more people buy these consoles. They're going to release a new version of the console, get more and more money from people who think this thing will work for ages. It doesn't. And that class action lawsuit's getting bigger and bigger. They just need to bite the bull and say, you know what? This is fucked up. PlayStation's done the pass. Xbox has done the pass. All the like, the other consoles have done the pass. They said, look, we messed up. If you've got a faulty one, return it. We'll replace it. And it became one of those things, yeah, we'll take a bit of a loss there, but we save face. This is still yeah. an ongoing meme now with Nintendo. Yeah. And I guess... As with like a lot of Nintendo shit, it does get sort of forgiven very easily. And I feel like this is one of those things I, f- I reckon if there was PS5 controller drift, which, which I'm starting to hear more and more about, yeah, there'd be less forgiving I've, there. Um, and same with Xbox as well. I've actually had that. You know how, so my PS5 controllers, my DualSense, the first one had the faulty start button. The second mm-hmm. one has drift. So I've had to buy a third ba- PS5 ba- controller. Every time we say drift, I think of the, the, that song from Tokyo Drift. Very yeah, fantastic. Yeah. No, I'm starting to get drift to my uh, Switch. That's why I'm angry about it. Yeah, that's fair. I and can't play the games that I don't really play much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my poor Switch, I ignore it too much. The solution no. is the Pro Controller. <sighs> anyway, I think it is. I think you're right. I think yeah. I think I, I'm gonna have to do it. You should. It is. Oh, the maybe best I'll uh, to play. Uh, maybe I'll wait. Are they different colors? Um, there's a there's a few there's so um, I've got just the, the so the standard one that you'll normally be able to buy. Uh, there is various limited edition ones. Um, I may wait for that white colorway with the uh, that the might switch. be. I imagine they'll have one. That would be cool. That would be really cool. It's um, also really weird that all the consoles are moving to white now. Yeah, because we went through this period where they were all white and all grey and we hated them and then they moved to black and everyone said, ooh, well, black, so, wait, ooh, what do you mean we all hated them? The PS1 is gorgeous. Yeah, what I'm saying is bring back beige. That was the good <laughs> shit. No, <laughs> Nintendo, bring back translucent. I don't want to have to get one yeah, of those stupid... What's that yeah. brand that everyone loves that I just... D-brand. Is it D-brand? D-brand, D-brand, D-brand or Mad or Cats? 
The, I think it's deeper in the through the vinyls and stuff like that. It's like oh yeah, yeah. but the, the marketing's like real edgy. Like okay, okay guys, I <laughs> you've really pushed me away with your, your marketing. Your product looks good. I've heard some mixed things about it, but for the most part, it looks like really crisp. But it's like uh, we want your money and we've got what you want. It's like okay, calm the calm the fuck down. Um, but if Chief. you if you do want translucent, a standard Switch Pro controller is semi translucent and it is pretty cool like you can see some of the circuitry and stuff inside it no nah, needs more trans- translucency than that i mean if you want to talk translucency i have don't ask me why but i do have one of my old n64 controllers for people for, sorry for people listening to this Beautiful. simon is just pulling out controllers left right and center <laughs> I mean, like i don't know where you are, are you in like i have jesus five Christ, n64 you nintendo controllers. i have five n64 controllers his desk is covered in empty here. cider cans and nintendo controllers well, hang on. No, I'm still drinking one of them. Thank you. One of them? We'll finish it up then. <laughs> neck it. Neck it. No, All right, I'm not moving on to the that. second uh, topic of, of the eve. Uh, <laughs> this is bumming me out so much. Ubisoft has come out and, well, following a Bloomberg report, um, Ubisoft has come out and properly announced that codename Assassin's Creed Infinity is in the works. The... Uh, they're turning into a live service. Guys, you can't, now, just Ubisoft keep, said, you can't just keep using the word infinite infinity in all your game titles and shit, okay? Come up with something unique. What did, how would that work for Disney? Gone. <laughs> yeah, Disney Infinity is exactly. gone. Dead. Lasted three um, years. Disney three years. Now, Ubisoft came out and said, look, they want to start trying the live service stuff with um, games going forward. I had a bad feeling that it would be either... Um, Watch Dogs and or Assassin's Creed. Mm. Um, I, there was, there was a, that thing in the back of my head was like, what happens if they try to do this with Far Cry? But I'm like, no, you you can't turn Far Cry into it. Would change the game too much. But ugh, don't don't throw them into the universe, okay? So Assassin's Creed live service game, kind of like you know, like Fortnite, GTA Five, evolving worlds, which constantly get updated. Um, according to this report from Bloomberg, they'll be exploring. Multiple settings and timelines and what have you, rather than focusing in on, you know, one civilization and the lore and the, in the I guess in the recent games, more mythology of those of those areas. I'm probably the biggest Assassin's Creed fan of the three of us here, and as a fan of the series from the, from the jump, this is shit. This fucking sucks, and I'm so disappointed in this decision. Odyssey and Valhalla are two of the best Assassin's Creed games I've played. To a degree. I say that because they are, they've got too much content. These are 150 hour plus games to do all the side quests, all the other shit. They are adding stuff which is burying the good shit. What do I want to do when I play Assassin's Creed? I want to assassinate people. Yeah. And some at some point in the series that became almost like a side quest where you can go down and you know hunt down the Templars and stuff like that. You what you do is you assassinate a person, you get clues from them to find the next person up the chain, and you feel like you're actually taking apart the system piece by piece and it feels good. When I got into that loop in um Odyssey, that's when I really fell in love with the game. Because I'm traveling everywhere and I felt like I was changing things. I felt like the story was progressing. In it. In not the narrative that they had made with Cassandra's family and all that, but the, the story of the, the Templars and the Assassins and blah, blah. I love all that shit. Give me, like, I like the Abstergo stuff. I like the modern day shit because it's, it adds to the lore of everything. But 
<sighs> I wanted shorter games. Mm. I wanted more concise s- storytelling, less content, but a more tailored game. Um, that was that was the overarching kind of uh, feedback they would have got after Valhalla. Hey guys, great game. Calm down. Very we long. like it, but fucking stop. I haven't. Mm. I I can't beat. I got probably 180 hours in Odyssey. I haven't finished it. I, I can't go back to it now. It's because I there's too many different systems of gameplay at, at work that I'm, I get immediately lost. I probably put 100 hours into Valhalla. Really liked it. But between, you know, finding these weird, like, um, glitch things, your base building, expanding your empire, doing those assassination missions, doing the narrative stuff, doing raids, then all the downloadable content, which is like multiple chapters, which have their own other raids and they're like bigger raids and stuff like that. I'm like, I, I don't know, like, what am I doing here? It's too much. You're burying the good shit here. Get rid of stuff. This that is, that is such like a good, way. that's such a good point, Jesse. So much good shit gets buried in these giant massive open world games and i've no doubt that that is going to happen if this turns into a big um uh what's the word life service game life service now when i made that announcement initially i i thought fuck they can't be talking about assassin's creed because how on earth are you going to do a game like that the formula that people enjoy as a life service surely you're talking about ghost recon or some trash like that you know like take a risk on one of the series that's kind of floundering that makes sense work out your formula in a crappy series like that and then maybe if you come up with something good maybe you can think about doing a spin-off of your one of your your big players and do a live service game of that but just straight off the bat to say we're not going to get another like single player proper assassin's creed experience is pretty disappointing like I'm, I'm not big on these sort of live service games. I mean, I like Fortnite. I think Fortnite actually do the live service stuff really well because every time you go in the world, every few weeks, there'll be a change and sort of a gradual change. And you have these big events and it works in the universe they've created because it actually has, narratively, it makes sense. There is a whole overarching narrative in, in Fortnite, mm. which is oddly deep. Yeah. Um, and every time there's a big change, it makes sense to an extent. In that universe, it makes sense. GTA 5, they just keep adding stuff to it. So it's like, now you can own different cars. Now you can own a hotel. Now you can own a casino. That kind of makes sense. Because these are all online games. You're playing with your buddies, a lot of co-op and shit like that. How does that work with Assassin's Creed? How does that work with a single-player yeah. narrative-focused mm-hmm. game? And an RPG at that as well. Like, yeah. it's not... Like, but... The thing I'll, I'll miss the most, the thing that I love the most about these Assassin's Creed games, um, Far Cry, those kinds of things is that I can explore and do the things I want to do at my own pace. And I can take my time with it because I like to do that. But now all of a sudden you've got timed events. You've got, if you want to get in this thing, you're going to have to go and do this thing in this part of the map. And uh, you're going to miss out on stuff if you don't do that. And like, that just makes you feel shit because there's. I know that there will be ads for it in every single menu you open up. Yeah, but happened in Valhalla. There are like timed events, and I, I don't think they had an Odyssey, but there were little, little timed events. You know, what I did with them, just ignored them. Because mm. like, now don't get me wrong. When I say that they keep adding stuff 
Valhalla. I'm not saying that any of the content they added was bad. It was actually surprisingly solid across the board. It was just too much of it. Yeah. And and they were brushing away the the main tenets of the series to make room for everything else. Like, hey, we've always got like they're adding stuff in, so they want to draw attention to it. I get that, but it's like, just let me kill the Pope again. I beat the Pope's ass. Let me do that again. (laughs) There's more than one Pope. The problem, I'll beat them all up. The problem is, is that with the current formula that Assassin's Creed is currently going through, is that it is a very repetitive. It is very stereotypical. There's so many cliches and standard hooks. You're going to hear similar like bits of dialogue and interactions from certain people at certain times because that's just the way. Hey, look, we've got to get you engaged in the core story. So uh, look at this thing. Uh, isn't this cool? This person betrays you. Oh, oh no! Oh wow. no! The guy who's literally whose name is literally betrayer in Greek. Oh wow! Yeah. We never saw that. <laughs> Didn't one see coming. that coming. Oh, I wish my <laughs> Greek character knew Greek. Yeah. Um, geez. But oh no! What? There's something. There's some sort of puppet master pulling the strings. Oh my wow. stars! Crazy. But the thing is, is that in theory, and maybe hopefully, this will let the the teams do the required thing, which is go okay let's create a smaller world a smaller map and just pack it full of the fun things and then in you know you you've got a month to play through that as you want whilst it's current content quote unquote and then hey look we've created another world and this one is you know it's based somewhere else and it has as much fun stuff to do and if you're playing it constantly and all the time, then it's easy to keep up with the release schedules. But maybe, hopefully, if you don't keep up with it, they'll leave all of those things available to you. So What's maybe the, a year are they down adding the line, or are they replacing. Yeah. That's that's the thing. That's what I want to know. I want them to add. I want them to be leave it in such a way that you know you pick up the game for the first time. It's been around for two years already, and hey, look, you've got like twenty four different maps all packed with fun bits of content and, you know, a tight little narrative specific to that region that you can play through at your own pace without feeling like, if I don't do it now, it's going to get ripped away from me. Without that FOMO. The last game that came out, that, like, big game that came out and did this was Marvel's Avengers. They came out with their updates and stuff like that. They don't add much to the story. Apparently the story stuff is okay, but people were really playing it for the raids and shit they could do do with their friends am i meant to be playing assassin's creed now with friends like in a group mm. or would it just be narrative based stuff like you touched upon their sign where they're adding new That's maps the thing, in, i guess and you're going between them i guess they all kind of because you would want them to all link to each other but if they're linking to each other you can't phase stuff out yeah it has to stay there because if i yeah. if somebody comes in seven months down the track and there are seven different um the regions civilizations whatever to call it you got to give them time to play through them all to actually understand some of the story beats in the newest maps and some of the Easter eggs and some of the characters. And you know, will there be plot development anymore? Or will it just be, oh, you are a, a an assassin. You are part of the Assassin's Guild, and your job is just to assassinate these fifteen people. That was your character's life. Mm. They didn't play a massive part. They weren't this massive protagonist within the storyline of the assassins versus the templars they were assassins who just assassinated 10 people and they, i don't know they got to ride a horse at one point and maybe they married a duck i don't know what these stories do anymore see that's another thing 
Assassin's Creed games, especially like the latest few, have some really weird missions, really fun and weird missions. Like the one where you have to get like the there's um a man in uh Odyssey who's sitting outside of his house. This is my one of my favorite missions ever. Oh it's God. so funny. He's sitting outside of his house and he's like, My wife kicked me out. I just I can't I can't please her anymore. I just don't have it in me. But I hear that, you know, I've heard tales that if you make up this potion, it, it's an aphrodisiac and I can go in there, I can, I can pleasure my wife, my marriage will be saved and she'll let me sleep inside again. Because like, I need like six bull, six bear testicles and some plants and stuff like that. So you go, you fight these bears and you bring it all back to him, I guess like a little sack of sacks. And he makes a little <laughs> potion. And then he's like, nothing happens. But then you can be like, I'll fuck your wife. And then you Don't go worry, in the I house, and the best part is the camera doesn't go in the house. It stays on him. And <laughs> you see time pass, because it's it's like 15 hours pass. The sun goes down, comes back up. <laughs> he's sitting outside, he's resting, and it's like all like sped up. He's playing guitar, he's talking to some kids and stuff like that. It's kind of like, have you seen um, that episode of Simpsons when Homer wants to buy a gun? And he sits in front of his house waiting for his gun, and it just goes, everything goes past fast and he sees all the things that he wants to shoot so it's like ned flanders it's patty and salma isn't some like duck ducks walk past and stuff like that it's like all the things he could have shot at that time it reminds me of that scene and then you you eventually come out of the house he goes back inside and you you've wrecked the house your house is ruined okay there are things that have come off the wall the wife is just sprawling on the floor and cassandra just walks i was like that was good i'll see you guys around it's the best mission in the Assassin's Creed game. Um, I laugh so hard at that, and I'm, I'm scared that those little moments will get lost in, yeah. in, in this in this move. I guess on the other side of the coin, we will see a few civilizations and, and stuff like the timelines that may not have been big enough to warrant a complete Assassin's Creed game. So we could see some really interesting stuff. I've there's a few. Cultures I would love to explore in Assassin's Creed game. I was really hoping the next one would have explored like South America, like Aztec slash Incan yeah. cultures. Um, I would like, I doubt it would ever happen. An indigenous Australian one would be amazing. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'd play the shit out yeah. of that. That would that'd that'd be, be really cool be really because cool. especially, but, I mean, look, we live in Australia and unfortunately because of our shitty national curriculum, we don't learn Aboriginal culture in schools. But the history is amazing. And it'd be really, really... I learned a lot of history playing these games. It'd be an interesting, interesting way to um, go into that. And then you can even um, build up on... They had Assassin's Creed... What were they called? They came on the Vita. There was like... They had India, yeah, China... Chronicles. Chronicles, yeah. And there was another one I always forget. Maybe it was Japan? Russia. Maybe? Oh, Russia. Russia. That's the one I always forget. Explore those a bit more because I never played them. But I would love to do... India would be really interesting because there's like an amazing culture and heritage there. Yeah. These mm. th- these games are essentially um, like historical getaways. That's, that's, but, that's, really, that's what yeah. it is. Like. But then the problem that you find running, like that you'll run into with that is, are you not, <clears throat> are you not giving this You're culture? You're shortchanging them? Um, yeah, like essentially, are yeah. you are you not giving them the attention that they deserve, or are you not giving them the full attention because you can't handle it properly? Like, that is too. it why why are you too afraid to touch that culture 
in a full Assassin's Creed game because you can't do it respectfully, which, I mean, is Ubisoft, so I wouldn't be too surprised. Uh, <laughs> or is it because you don't know how to best get the stories across in a way that would remain true to a lot of the legends and stuff and the myths within and, the culture? And, and, and to be fair, like that being said, you can't always force the Assassin's Creed story into certain cultures. Absolutely. It just wouldn't, wouldn't Absolutely. work. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of balancing of that. And um, look, I'm intrigued to see where this goes, but just based on what the game is, the direction it was going, and what fans wanted, this just seems antithetical to what oh, people yeah. wanted. And there's going to be even more We want to create a more concise, have a more concise experience with the game. It's like, then what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Boil these back down to 25-hour-long narrative and then, like, you know, a completionist run, say, 40 hours. Cool. That's that's a good time. That's and don't you include know, microtransactions, one. please. I don't want to. Please, like, if you're giving me, if you're selling me level boosts and skips and stuff, you're telling me that you don't think your game is worth playing, and that I should pay for the privilege of not playing I, your game. I it's not player that. choice. It is not player choice. It is bullshit. It is. I, I, I've bullshit. never bought them, and I've I've never felt the need to. Yeah, absolutely, because that's fine, because you have the time that you can dedicate and set aside to play the game. But if you are selling me a level boost because you think, oh, well, you don't have the time to play the game, then making me pay extra money to but not play you your game... But what if you is... don't have the time to play the game? What? <laughs> but even what? So you're, but no, but you're telling me that your game isn't worth playing. It's worth... No, but if I don't have time, it doesn't matter about the worth of the game. If I don't have time, I'll, I'll pay a bit of money to skip forward and get some good shit. If I've yeah. only got a few hours to play a game you know, per week, then that's cool with me. Lots of games there. I'm not yeah. getting involved in this, but <laughs> I will just add my two cents on. I am playing a game called... That two cents is not going to get you much in the Assassin's Creed game. Believe me. Yeah, I'm playing true. this game called Shadow of War, a game which was built around microtransactions microtransactions and it is painfully obvious even though they've removed all of that stuff so the entire game is just built around this thing and it just it feels gross and it is included like that feeling is included in all of the level scaling all of your equipment your gear the orcs you can fill your army yeah. with everything i don't want to feel like that that's the only thing that i ask you of you ubisoft please don't let me feel like that would in you have preferred it if um, when you went to buy these different orcs, if the little page that you go, <laughs> go to buy them from was called the auction house? That would make it slightly better, yes. Mm, glad it could help. Yeah. Glad it could help. All right, moving on. State of playtime. Sony had another one of their little random little state of plays um, last week. This is basically their version of Nintendo Direct or Xbox. I don't know what the fuck Xbox is calling But speaking of Xbox, the showcase of the state of play was from a um, a Microsoft first-party studio. (laughs) In a very bizarre turn of events, I didn't see this one coming, Um, they focus on on Deathloop from Arcane Studios, which is part of Bethesda, which is part of Microsoft now. So they really highlighted one of their games, or one of their studios at least. We spoke about companies saving face and doing the right thing. And this is an example of companies doing the right thing. Yeah. You said you'd do this before the purchase. You should fucking do it. Yeah. It's good. Um, Now, 
I mean, leaning more into the Sony stuff as well. This game's coming out September 14th um, and will be console exclusive for the first year, so 2022, um, which is which, obviously next I year. Mean, I, know, I know it was something that was already signed, contracted, and, you know, technically dealt with way before Microsoft bought out ZeniMax and therefore Bethesda, but still good on them for honouring that the way that they have. Mm. They haven't tried to sort of steal the limelight a little bit and being like, oh, but it comes out on Xbox next year. <laughs> None of that. It's I, just, think it's, yeah. I think it's also because it's like, we don't care. We've got old scrolls and shit. Like, yeah. have it. <laughs> Go for it. Have fun. To be honest, I will accept Deathloop never coming out on PC or Xbox at if I get Elder Scrolls over that. that so Well, good thing is you'll care. never have to <laughs> pick unless the world changes drastically in the next few months. Now, Deathloop is a game we've seen dozens of times. And I think the last time we spoke about it, I was saying I'm really sick of seeing this game. Because I'm already I'm intrigued and they're not explaining anything new. They finally showed proper gameplay this time, like a mission. Um, you watch, well, I mean, first up, Deathloop. I think we've, we've spoken about this game ad nauseum. You coordinate titular Deathloop, and to break said Deathloop, you need to kill, um, how many of these people are there? Eight visionaries. Yeah. I'm um, to break it. One of the visionaries, named Juliana, is also actively hunting you down, which is, makes things a little bit different. And we'll get into that in a moment. Um, but in this gameplay tra- uh, footage, we see Colt. I think his name's Colt. Yeah. take down the wolf which is one of the visionaries and you see that you can take you know different approaches to uh to killing him uh which we'll we're going to a moment what did you guys like just vibe wise this trailer did this sell for sell to you guys no i was I already love, i love the aesthetic and the, uh, and the and the soundtrack i was i love the aesthetic the soundtrack awesome but i could not care less about the gameplay don't care I, Did you play I'm, this I'm not going to play this game ever. Simon? I, I love the look of it. I think it looks awesome. Like, genuinely awesome. I feel like this is one of those games that you're going to pick up, you're going to play, and you're going to just slowly fall in love with it. And you're going to be like... You're going you're gonna to discover some of the cool shit that you can do and get away with. And you're going to be like, oh, fuck, this is cool. How can I break the game? The game is going to let you break it, and it's going to let you have a fucking good time with it. That's and the that most important part. I mm. want to see how where how much this game bend before it breaks. Yeah. I want to see how much they're allowing to do, because I agree. This game is basically saying, here's a small experience that you could play just thousands of different ways. Well, maybe not that yeah. many, but a lot of different ways. Like Hitman. Uh, yeah, well, that's... A, that's a, I mean, like... Hitman crosses Dishonored crosses with like a Tarantino film vibes from this whole thing. Yeah. Have either of you guys played Dishonored? No, I haven't, but I have no. heard pretty good things. Dishonored won a lot of places game of the year. And I this this has sort of game of the year sleeper possibility vibes to it. This this trailer really sold it for me. Um see is the aesthetic and all that type of shit. But hmm. the combat looks satisfying, I think. A lot of like studios like Arcane and just a lot of sort of Bethesda studios, combat is iffy. If it's not like if it's not like a Doom or Wolfenstein or something like that, I think a Skyrim and Fallout. Yeah, Prey like was a great game, 
with combat that felt really bad on the format I played it and it made me not finish the game. I, I, I agree, but, but it's very distinctly Bethesda. Like, yeah. you know, it has a certain vibe to it, the, the combat. I don't really know how to put it into words. This feels that, and that's that's disappointing. Mm, yeah. But I, I, I'm going to play this game more about, like, how I can do shit. Yeah. Um, so you sneak around, you hear a conversation, they're like, oh, there's a party going on. You can infiltrate the party and kill the wolf. Um, there's a party going on. There's a window. We can sneak in. It's like, oh, no, I'm not sneaking in and shit like that. And the voice, the, the narrator of the, the mission says, it's sometimes worth your while not to kill somebody straight away. They're having a conversation. Listen to it. You, like, learn from it. Because yeah. every time you learn something, you can do on the next run. Obviously, when you die and you restart, you want that knowledge. You want to be able to skip certain parts and do things a bit more effectively. I also like they finally cleared up. And this was assumed, I guess, but this is assumed until Returnal came out, which didn't really do this. You can keep some of your weapons and abilities as you go. You gain, you earn points as you play. You earn some sort of resource, I can't remember what it's called. Mm. Um, and then when you die, you can actually maintain a few of your weapons, a few of your power. So every time you die and you come back, you're a little bit stronger as well. Yeah. Um, all cool. four. Which I I like that. And that that's changed it from being a roguelike to a roguelite. And I personally mm. prefer roguelites quite, quite significantly. Um, I agree. And yeah, like it, it, to me that, that removes a lot of the frustration that I could foresee happening in this game, which is, you know, you have a really good run, you make one mistake and you lose everything and you go back to square one and you've wasted, you know, like two hours of your day. God whereas with God this, eternal. whereas with this, you get to at least get a benefit from it. So you're like, okay. That wasn't a complete waste of my time. I've still made overall progress. a bit of progress. And now I know, okay, I'm going to take care of this guy first instead of saving him for the last one. And I'm going to kill these guys in this order as before. And things like that. Um, I honestly, I really like the idea of it. I really like the, like, conceptually it is really cool. But there is one thing that I'm still kind of unsure about, and that is the one person that hunts you down consistently. Love it. Hmm. I love it. So Juliana, she's uh, like a rogue assassin slash uh, visionary. Uh, could be controlled. So you'll hear like a musical cue when she is in your area. And she can either be player controlled or AI controlled, which is something I'm really glad they cleared up. I yes. know a lot of people aren't happy, wouldn't be happy with player controlled. I, I love it. I because I like that extra sense of danger. It also seemed like when she's around, the game will give you a sniper rifle. Cause that like in in, in the trailer, you walk in this cave, there's no gun there. You turn around, you hear the musical cue, you turn back around, there's a sniper rifle there. The character picks up. So I'm wondering if you maybe you get a random maybe. weapon or it's or it's the sniper because you, know, you can actually keep an eye out for it. What don't you like about it? I feel like with the sort of game that it's trying to let it be, it would be best if you weren't under a semi-constant pressure. However, there are good and bad bits to it as well. Like, I do think on the plus side, you know, it's going to force you to be a bit more creative. Whether it's avoiding her for a little bit while, like for a little bit longer until you are stronger, 
or if it's going to be one of those things where you start a loop and you wait until she appears kill her first and then go around completely you know of your own free will without that pressure and it's just things like that it's just the way the game handles it is going to be the make or break point for me yes as a concept i don't hate it but i don't love it i don't like that it can be player controlled i'm assuming that's an option yeah you turn it off i would be fuming if it wasn't um you know like cool i can simon you know i'm gonna sneak into your game you know that right (laughs) no you're not um (laughs) never see me coming bang i wouldn't but you know overall i i genuinely really like the look of death loop i think it looks incredibly fun i think it's one of those games that the more you get into it and the more you play around with various mixes of abilities and guns and whatever the more it's going to let you just wreak havoc just destroy things and fuck people up and have a good time doing it you know why i like the juliana thing it's the same reason I like breakable weapons in Breath of the Wild. I love being confident until I'm not. So you have your, you know, you played the loop a bunch of times, you know what your run is, and suddenly there is just a little bit of chaos in it. It's when your weapon breaks and you have to do something different. Okay, suddenly your plan, you have to think in your feet, and you can either sink or swim here. You can let the, the changing environment that you're in just beat you down, cool, do the run again, whatever. Or is there a way that I can use this to my advantage? I like that because it doesn't feel like suddenly... If you can overtly plan stuff, everything will feel premeditated and predetermined. Yeah. You know everything you do is going to have a certain outcome. I love that little bit of chaos in there. I know it's not for everyone, but... No, I do think think that is one of the benefits of it. And also, I think it's a very good power check. Because as I was saying, you know, if you can fuck around with things and break things in certain ways, that would be really fun. But at the same time, the game doesn't necessarily want you to be able to break it over your leg, over your big, strong, glistening thighs. Buddy. You know. Working out. <laughs> and oiling but, up. Of course. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think I think it's a... I've got podcasting uh, thighs. <laughs> I think it will be a... I just, I just want to know if it's going to be that she, as soon as she spawns, she's going to be able to see where you are immediately and shoot you immediately with a sniper or how much of a chance there is for you to actually fight back and what the balance of that is going to be. Now, obviously, in the trailer, he, you know, she appears, he go, um, the, the player goes in and still assassinates someone, carries on for a little bit, and then it's only when he's starting to make his escape that he gets killed by her. But how are you to know where she is? Or is it just going to be a guessing game? And I things like be, that. There'll be, there'll be some tracking clues, I reckon. Yeah. But, that, that's and what also, if you, it would be one of those things of, if you've played through the loop, if something is different, that calls for concern. Because suddenly something's in a different place or some characters, it's like, you're not meant to be there. I know this loop. There's a really cool narrative element there. Mm. Um, can I just touch upon really quickly? The wolves. This game is funnier than I expected. So the wolves have these um, masquerade parties and their whole thing is they have to impress each other with how their evil deeds. Yeah. They get up on the stage and they talk about the evil deeds that they've committed. And if they're good enough, they, they get applause. If not, they get thrown into a meat grinder. And then the woman up there is like, Jesus. yeah, I smoke yep. every day. I'll smoke in front of your kids. I'll smoke inside. You're having breakfast. Fuck your breakfast. I'm going to smoke right in your face. And yeah. like, that's her evil thing. And they just grind her up. And then they have this guy come out. I think I'm pretty sure he's a target. Um, 
he's meant to be like a business businessman, blah blah blah. And he comes and the first thing he says, like he goes to the mic, like, what up, sluts? <laughs> I yeah. lost my shit laughing at that. <laughs> it the writing seems real snappy and like Colt already seems like a really cool character. He does. Because you're does. you're talking to somebody else. There's an unknown character you're talking to who is giving you advice of how like how to deal with the loop and stuff like that. So I'm really curious about that character. But it's like, so like, what's your style? And he's just like, killing motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, buddy. (laughs) But I thought it was Juliana. I thought it was Juliana that you're speaking to because the voice was very similar. I don't think so. Is it? I don't know. I could be wrong. If they talk to each other throughout the game and then suddenly there's a hunt on. Ooh, okay, I'm I'm excited for this game. Also, it's gory than I expected. You cut a person's head in half. Yeah, for me, I think Bop. it was just my internet playing up, but I was watching that and I'm like, hang on, did my video just skip as he did that? And then I went back and rewatched it and sure enough, it kept skipping ever so slightly when he was actually doing that. And I'm like, oh, that's so disappointing. It's a good, it's a good chop. So kills, not for you. It is. That's not for me. How can a per- person with that moustache not like a cool game? I don't like I don't like planning <laughs> out what I do in FPS games. I want to go in there and do what you were talking about. When shit goes wrong, then you have to kind of think on your feet and you have to do things. It's about like intuitive moment to moment action. And I I just yeah, think of I've your never feet. Felt- yes, last week we played Halo and I bopped you on the head and you were mad at me because I was throwing off your game. Well, I ran you think over on your the feet, car. buddy. Um. That's what I like out of FES games, and I don't think that I'm going to get that out of this. I think it's it's more cerebral, and I have to put a bit more thought into it, and I don't necessarily want to. Well, speaking of cere- cerebral, thoughtful games, Death Stranding Director's Cut, because apparently there were things that left <laughs> were left on the editing room floor for fucking Death Stranding, a game oh, that I haven't same. finished, but it's still one of the weirdest things I've played, for better or for worse... Hideo Kojima, you fucking madman. We're going to see the full depth of his creative mind um, with the director's cut that comes out in, I believe it's, I believe it's September. I could just be making that up, though. Sounds good. Um, we got new monsters, yeah. new combat options with melee changes and a, a maser gun, which seems to be some sort of like Azer laser thing. taser. But why would you call it a maser? Because um, it's amazing, people. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and turrets. No. I don't know why you would add more combat stuff to this game because the combat's like the least interesting part of this game. Normally all you do is, uh, you know, Norman Reedus smacks somebody across the head with a briefcase and it's funny. And then sometimes you get these poles and you, you shock people or you run away. Eh. But in the in the trailer we see that he's doing like some sort of... what? The, okay, Keelan, what's this wrestling move? I imagine it's going to be called something wrestling where you jump up and basically go horizontal where you kick somebody. He does He does a drop kick and it's so some good form. He doesn't get a lot of hype, but very good form. Are you proud that I knew that was a wrestling thing? Yeah, I am. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> I hate it. Um, yeah, yeah, Tarot's... Guys, I'm a UPS driver. Like, what the fuck's happening? Um, then we get some weird shit. Speaking of delivery, we get the cargo yeah. catapult. So you, your precious car, you, just, you can just fucking thunk Yeet. across the map. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Um, a support skeleton, so you can carry more shit on your back. Um, a little helper buddy, 
which can carry some boxes or carry you if your feet hurt, which can happen in the game. Your shoes do wear out as you walk around. Um, there's also ramps for your bike. Cool. And a race course. Fragile race Why? course. Why? Yeah, that is my that biggest was... question. Why? It. It's really weird, but if you play the game, it kind of makes sense. Does because it? A, a big element of this game is rebuilding roads. So what you do is, have, have, either if you played it, no, I played the first maybe twenty minutes of it. It's it's such an interesting game loop. Like when you kind of strip, strip back the Hideo Kojima weirdness off it, okay, it's a really interesting game loop where. At the start, you're walking everywhere. And as you keep walking, you get more resources. So suddenly, instead of walking to this first location, you now have a road to that location. So now that's no longer an issue. But now from your first location to... Sorry, your first drop-off to your next drop-off, it's the longer route. So you walk back and forth a few times, doing other stuff, obviously. And then suddenly there's a road there. So you're building these roads. And then after a while, roads are taking so long. Like, why are you going point to point with your roads? Let's build a highway across these things. So the more you traverse your first few points are becoming easier and easier. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're building roads. You're building race courses anyway. I used to drive as fast as I could along these things. I, I kind of get it. It would make sense oh. almost in this world for it to become like a sport, but it's also very strange. How did, What is the like the vehicle handling like, Jesse? I haven't used a vehicle in the game. Uh, well... Uh, they're fine. in the game okay cool <laughs> okay it's not cool. quite far cry bad but it's not a racing game right okay no, no, no. that's workable all right they feel I can, I can... fine it's very much um the car from final fantasy 15 <laughs> oh god it's it's fine for what it is maybe, maybe it's a little bit better than that i don't know yeah it's not they're not great Hopefully there's a bit like, of modifications that they're going to add in a... Like, uh, a, like a horse in a video game. Um, I don't know. Okay. I've, I've mentioned this billion times before, but if you haven't already, please watch Bo Burnham stand-up special Inside on Friend Netflix. of the show. It, it's I absolutely mind-blowingly yeah, so good. Um, and he has the greatest take on Death Stranding that I've ever heard. Um, as you watch a weird, bizarre, surreal sequence where his life plays out, and he, he is so detached from his own being that he appears as a streamer in the corner of his screen. So he provides live commentary about his gameplay, i.e. his life, where he just walks around his, his little room. He plays piano and he cries. Oh, wait, sorry. This is Bo Burnham. Ends. I thought you were talking about a moment in the game with Norman Reedus. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. What? <laughs> he plays this game of his life and he's like, okay. I think I get it. It's giving me like Death Stranding vibes, you know, because like <laughs> it's fucking boring. But that's Oof. the point, you know. Yeah, no, but that, that, that is like, it is such I, a meditative game. I, I what a fucking take! It's brilliant. It. I will play the shit out of this director's cut. I'm I'm keen to try this. I want to know if the director's cut is coming to PC. I bought Death Stranding for a reason, and I think I'll enjoy it because it's weird and you have to be kind of focused on these little things as you do something that is seemingly mundane. So I'm pretty keen to play if the director's cut and all the extra stuff comes to PC. It's so cool going from like literally worrying about the shoes you're wearing wearing out yeah. to hours in the ro- down the track you're worried about, okay, cool, can I build a free- do I have enough resources to build a fucking freeway? 
there's, there's something really gratifying about it. It's cool. I like the concept. Simon's so like, you fucking nerds. Yeah, see, for me, look, Death Stranding isn't my type of game. I accept that. I acknowledge that. I do, however, appreciate the fact that um, Hideo Kojima wasn't quite as Hideo Kojima as he could have been initially and is now going even more Hideo Kojima. And I just want... He needs to clearly needs to get this off of his chest, finish <laughs> doing much. what he needs to do, and then he can make a really fun, engaging, interesting game. I think it's also him being like, "Oh, this way, Sony fans will forgive me for my next game being with with Microsoft." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this, the, the suckers will play this game for three hundred hours. <laughs> we will, but you know, it's it's one of those things. I acknowledge it isn't for me. Um, but I appreciate it nonetheless. But there's just... I don't know. I just feel like... Did it need a director's cut? Well, it's I mean, so there's going to be new story missions. And Look, as a, as a Hideo fan, yes, it needs a, it needs a director's cut. I, I'm waiting for the director's cut, the director's cut. Because if yeah. we get more of his goddamn madness... We've seen in Metal Gear Solid Five where he put his name over everything, you know, produced by Hideo Kojima, story by Hideo Kojima... Animation by Hideo Kojima, fucking program by Hideo Kojima. Everything he did, everything. He's running his own studio now. Who the fuck said no to him? Like, yeah. who was there a point where he looked in the mirror and was like, "Game needs a race course." And he looks up. It was like kind of like a Golem Smeagol moment where he tells yeah. us, "Like, no, we can't have a race course." Like, damn it, damn but it. No, it's 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 one of those things that like clearly. No one is telling him no, really. He's gone, oh, can we can we have a race course in? And maybe the development team are going, we don't have time for that, I'm afraid. And he's I, like, I, that's okay. Let's get it in the director's cut. Wait, there's going to be a director's cut. There's going to be a director's cut. Fuck it. I've made up my mind. Let's do it. To be like, fair, he, he did work alongside. Like, it wasn't just, like, this is just purely Hideo Kojima in the game. There's a no. lot of other voices there. And it's something he worked a lot better with them, with other people on this one than he did with Metal Gear Solid. Because, and this is just kind of what I'm going from like his tweets and interviews and stuff like that. I feel like with Metal Gear Solid, he was being forced to work with other people and he was being yeah. forced to take on their, their opinions and therefore went the opposite direction and said, no, this is all me. Um, where with this one, he's like, no, I'm bringing my own people. I'm, a, I'm more for leading now. This is more of my responsibility, I guess. Yeah. I need to take other voices on board. So mm. I'm know, looking forward to... to <laughs> drinking some wine and playing some death training. you know the other i look at it from a, a slightly different perspective as well like it's a it's a good thing um they're doing all these really stupid weird ideas and they're pulling it off like they're integrating it into this game they're a new team like this is their first game so they're able to pull off these weird crazy ideas and integrate it like fluidly into this game that already exists it just means that they'll be able to do more good shit in the next game that they release. It's like they're, they're exercising almost. They're like working out to improve their, their, um, legs. their stats, you know, so that they can get better at game development. That's how I look at it. And It's going to be interesting I'm when it comes out. It. And um, yeah, I, I think I'll definitely be sharing a few thoughts on Death Stranding. And we may actually do a bit Hell of a yeah. deep dive into it because uh, yeah. I know Josh knows this game back to front. Now, there were a few other games um, showing off and we'll go through some of them a little bit a little quicker we've got moss book two a sequel to moss that came out on playstation vr 
Um, do either of you, I mean, you guys don't have a PSVR, so I guess, well, guess no. you didn't play Moss. I have a PSVR and I didn't play Moss, but I heard really good things about it. It's one of those games where you don't play. It looks from so the characters. charming. It, it does. It looks, it looks adorable. Yeah. Oh my Quill God. Quill Mouse. It's one of those VR games that did it right where you're not playing from the character's perspective. You've sort of got like the God's eye view and you're moving ah, around good. the level and stuff, which I think cool. is a really good way to do VR. Yeah. Um, now I've got a few questions about this. I mean, for one, Currently, it seems yeah, it seems charming, but the first glimpse is like a skull of some sort of creature. It seemed a little bit darker there than I expected, well, and then you're being followed by this winged demon crow. Well, mm. yeah, because the first glimpse was that eye, and my brain immediately went, "Is that the eye of Sauron? Is this a Lord <laughs> of the Rings game? What the fuck?" And then no, it's some cute little mouse, and I'm like, tonal shift, but sure, Frodo, <laughs> like I'll take it, like. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those games that I'm not going to play. I don't have PSVR. I don't intend mm. on getting one. Um, but it is so cute. Yeah. And I would love to see this be made into a, a non-VR experience that I could then play. Curious about that, because mm. I, I thought, like, I mean, Astro Bot was um, a VR game, and then the new one came out, and it was on you know, just normal console. So I thought at first that that's, that's what they were doing with Moss, but no, it's a... It's a VR game, which is interesting, and we'll talk about. I've got a lot of thoughts on PSVR two, so I think we'll have an episode mm. in the next few weeks about that. Yeah, the PS five is not meant for VR yet because you have to buy an adapter for it. And you actually have to order it separate. It doesn't come with the PlayStation five, which was a dumb mistake. Uh, um, I have a PSVR. I haven't bothered. It, it, it's like I think it may, it may even be free to to get. Yeah. You still That's order good it. if it is. It, it, but you, like, you supply your serial number and they'll just send one out to you. Which is cool, <laughs> but it's like, oh, I just don't want to go through this goddamn effort. I'm very, very lazy. So it seems weird pushing a v- PSVR game on the PS5. It's also making me thinking, is PSVR 2 a little bit closer than we expect? Yeah, that is that is what I initially thought as well. As soon as I saw that it was PSVR. Well, um, I believe it's cross platform as well for obvious reasons yeah um ps4 and ps5 but even still like bring us well because i mean it's not even running through the console it's running through the psvr yeah yeah Yeah. so bring us the psvr2 and you know give it some some upgrades for the love of god get rid of the playstation move controllers oh they already have they've already um there's a patent for a much much better hand control with actual finger with finger movements Oh, awesome. um, and haptic feedback and everything like that. It looks good. Give us a glove that we can wear. I agree. Where are the gloves? So cool. Oh, okay. I'm I'm excited to talk about VR more because I know you've got the uh, Oculus, and I want to yeah the Quest One. Pick your brain before mm. I buy one myself. Um, Jet Joan Jet the Far Shore it looks good. Yeah. I'm, I'm I intrigued. Am so torn. I, what you what, what about, don't you like about it? the the visual design of the characters. Uh, it's terrifying. The they dance. are that weird sort of like, I swear I've had a nightmare about them before kind of visual style. If this was a creepy game, then cool, I could get with it. They're lovable but sleep paralysis demons. They Fair are. Enough. Like, uh, that aside, I love the concept of this. A No Man's Sky where it's more focused on the exploration than it is about gathering resources or base building or anything else. It is just get lost in the ether. 
And I love that. That is exactly what I want. The narrator basically a, mentions like the awe of space. And I'm just like, yeah, you got me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, because this is something yeah. um, really weird little tangent here, but it is related, I promise. Um, there is a free software that you can download called Space Engine. And you can literally fly around as much of the known universe as we have sort of mapped out, really. And there are some incredible things to do. And one thing you can do is you can land on the surface of various planets or astral bodies, such as the moon, or one of Jupiter's moons, and things like that. And I get a little bit scared every time I play it, because it's just mm. so overwhelmingly huge. Like, your brain can suddenly conceptualize the vastness of all of this stuff you can set your travel speed so for example you can set your travel speed to light speed so you could start at the sun aim for earth and it will take you eight minutes to get to earth i have done that once and only once but even still when you land on earth you go okay yeah cool this is earth i know what this is all about haha <laughs> and then you land on the moon and you look at the earth from the moon and you're like this is kind of fucking weird and then you go to one of Jupiter's moons and you land there and you see the rocky terrain like render in front of you and you look up into the sky and you see just how fucking massive Jupiter is. And a little part of my brain goes, no, I cannot you don't handle want to this. this. Does I any- don't want to acknowledge how massive this object is. Whereas this seems like the best way that I can ex- experience that awe and grandness of space without freaking myself the fuck out because space is scary and huge and i love it only to me only one game has done the scope and sort of majesty of scale in space and that's out of wild and i get big out of wilds vibes from part elements of this game very big out of wild vibes from the elements of the game but i loved in um like, my two favorite space exploration games are No Man's Sky and Outer Wilds. With No Man's Sky, I never feel like I'm far away from a planet. I can yeah. get there pretty quickly. I can see, no matter where I am, I can see multiple planets at once. So I never feel too far from shore. Like, like land mm. is always there. I can always put my hand there and I'm safe again. In Outer Wilds, you get these moments where you are just drifting through space. And if something goes like I, I, I mention this like every tenth episode, I reckon. <laughs> the moment in Outer Wilds where like a little meteorite will hit your ship and suddenly you've lost engines and you need to stop. Jump out of your ship. All you can hear is your character breathing in their suit. There's no music. You get out, and you know that if you if you rock it backwards a little bit wrong, you're not getting back to your ship. So suddenly you can't see land anymore, and there's a moment where you have to get out of your boat. And it's terrifying. It is chilling and it is it, it sends chills down my that's, spine. That's interesting. But that's I why it. I was attracted to that because I got a little bit of a taste of the terror of exploration of the unknown from that trailer. Uh, even though you know the visual style is so simplistic and everything, you still what? get those vibes, that vast arid nothingness that's there and like man if you get into trouble you're gone you're yeah. fucked gets the shit out of me i'm so interested in this and i've mm. heard um i haven't played it but the the previous games from this development team was uh sword and sorcery ep which i've heard fantastic oh! things about um and the the soundtrack is also looking like it might be 
wonderful as well. So yeah, from from scientific as scientific. Yeah. yeah, and like wow, okay, we might have something really special on our hands with this game. I'm mm. really interested to see um, more. I like the uh, focus on momentum. It reminds me of what was that uh, PS5 launch title with the uh, bow and arrow. Uh the pathless. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pathless. It reminds me of, of that. It seems like you. It's all about building momentum mm. and hopping at the right point and diving at the right points. I, I like that. But um, yeah, yeah, excited for that one. Now I got um, Arcade again. Simon, you went to you you about that one. Oh, I. Even though I, I watched the state of play about two hours before we started recording, and then I was re-watching it maybe about ten minutes before we started recording, I forgot, in that time frame, I forgot that it even existed. It looks generic, it looks boring, and I'm kind of sad that that's the case. The music for it was just some generic dubstep crap, which couldn't have been less interesting if it tried. It just was... Eh, it didn't tick a single box for me. How about yeah. Hunters Arena Legends or Lost Judgment? Anything from either of you? I've got nothing. Oh, yeah. Actually, I do have one thing to say about that, and it isn't positive, which is that voiceover was bad and cringy, especially towards the end, where he's like, yeah, so anyway, because first off, it sounded like he was kind of far away from his microphone like this. Um, sorry, Kira, I know you're going to hate that. That was 40 audio. No, that was good. That was an experience for me. I like that. <laughs> um, but then as he like starts to wrap up his explanation of the game, he starts putting on a little bit of a voice like this and is like, I can't wait to meet you guys in the arena. Like, oh, so he becomes an anime character. Like, you should have just stopped talking. <laughs> like, honestly. He's was... into character. They, didn't, they mm. just never thought to do two takes. Yeah, apparently not because that was bad like the audio so happened. he was in the booth good. and he's like what sort of voice should i do and they're just like you know do a take and and, and see what you come up with so he does it and it's like at the end it's like cool okay i like that and they're like yeah you know you found your character at the end should you do another one it's like no you found your character at the end leave the booth yeah. <laughs> you paid for one Jesus. recording it's 901 <laughs> we have to leave um and lost judgment <laughs> cool good lost judgment gives Fine. me yakuza vibes yeah, it's uh, it's very similar, um, and um, it, it's a sequel to Judgment, right? From from PS4. Um, I, I had a conversation with Josh about this, and it actually seems kind of interesting in that mm. it's it's not as zany, not quite as zany as as Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit more of a believable story. So, kind of interested to see how that reviews. Hmm. Probably won't play it, but oh I'll god, like no! Look, I'll, I'll play games let's be honest there's, there's too many games too many games not enough time too many games not enough time. and if you want to hear about any more of those games we are on spotify and itunes that was kind of that was a goodish yeah, was like a, yeah that was yeah, okay. yeah you ruined it by patting yourself on the back then yeah because nobody else has patted me on the back okay you didn't give us an opportunity to mm, well <laughs> you just like started the sentence and went yeah that was good <laughs> Well, something else that's going to be good is if you subscribe and leave us a review. Um, subscribe uh, <laughs> reviews really mean the world to us. Um, so please, please do so. Tell your friends about us. Um, also tell your friends about Fan Critical. We always want to thank them for uh, keeping us afloat and such. The Fan Critical Podcast Network have a bunch of new shows out, so make sure you go check them out. If you want to keep up to date with all the video game news, we've got StoryModeGaming.com bubbling away again. So make sure you're checking that out every now and then. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Story Mode AUS. Plus, 
twitch at stormer us where you can watch these podcasts being recorded live every sunday night and then throughout the week we've got various streams i'm playing through halo for the first time and you know what it's a pretty fucking good game i i know right wow, crazy. what a shock this classic <laughs> game is good um also we're on patreon if you want to throw a couple bucks that way get access to a few bonus goodies just search for fan critical and you can do so but with that what, we were just mocking somebody for changing their voice at the end of the trailer and i realized i do that on every goddamn podcast we do my voice changes a little bit towards the end <sighs> yeah but that's that's putting emphasis on words. i'm a caricature for person it's not going from yeah so anyway this is how you play the game too i can't wait to see you online but, well yeah. simon <laughs> uh simon kills thanks for joining in hope you had fun thank you thank you um hope you you know if you're listening hope you had a good time hope you're not drinking goddamn corona zero alcohol unless you're a child can children drink hope- this if you saw like a, I mean, like a baby drinking uh alcohol-free beer would you be like hey i'd be like that's some questionable parenting but nothing illegal. but there's no it's, it's not alcoholic well- yeah. I, d- I don't necessarily think it has a zero percent alcohol. It says zero percent. It's a zero point zero percent on it. That one maybe. Okay, I've seen ones that have point two. Yeah, times. but that's not and alcohol-free beer. As, they're still classified oh. as alcohol-free. Actually, you know what? I'm going to leave you guys with a fun little fact, uh, which is that until I think it was 2013 in Russia, alcohol was not considered an alcoholic beverage. It was considered a soft drink. Prefect. Hell yeah. I'm suddenly changed my mind. my mind and I'm moving to Russia. <laughs> doctor said I can't drink. Uh, doctor didn't say anything about drink, not drinking soft drinks. So. I'm pretty certain he would have. Look, that is patient doctor confidentiality, sir. Okay. <laughs> but with that, let's wrap up. So if you're listening, Thank you. Go play some games. Just be safe. Be happy. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.